Hi, I'm Gracie, and today we're going to be starting a podcast, and this is going to be a series. Today we're doing part one, and we will be discussing permanency with Princess. And the title of the podcast is The Road to Permanency, and we're just really excited for you guys to be listening to us and making our voices heard. To tell you a little bit about myself first, I'm currently 19 years of age. My pronouns are she slash they, and I'm also connected to the child welfare system as I've been in youth and care for over three years now. I uh, actually started off my journey as a VISA, which is a voluntary youth service agreement. And then I went and became a CCSY, and that is pretty much my journey. Now I will ask Princess to introduce herself. Hi, my name is Princess. I am 25 years old. Currently, I'm living in Priceville, Ontario. It's a small town. Pretty much you blink and you miss it. Um, but Ottawa, I guess, is my home, I'd call it. Um, right now, I am the lead youth mentor for You Speak Out Loud, um, the Ottawa division. And I have also started writing a blog for Adopt for Life. So part one of this podcast around permanency, I will be discussing with Princess, you know, how her journey to permanency took route. And the first question I wanna ask Princess is, briefly share with listeners your journey of permanency and how did you find that sense of permanency in your life now? So my journey of permanency started when I was four years old. Um, My little sister had just died, had died and three days later no one did anything or came home, my mom wasn't home. Um, so we ended up bringing her dead body to the hospital and then obviously police followed us back to our house and I was taken away and all my siblings and I were separated except for my other little sister and I, we stayed together. Um, and that began my, began my journey, uh, in the child welfare system slash looking for something permanent for myself and my sister. Um, we were in different foster homes, a lot of temporary foster homes. I couldn't tell you how many. Um, sometimes we'd be there for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Um, the ones that we were in for like a couple of years ended up being the homes that were the more abusive ones, unfortunately. Um, if you had asked me then what pregnancy is, I wouldn't have an answer for you because it's not something that was talked about um, when I was a child or wasn't something I knew. Now looking back as an adult in the mind of a child, I would say it's some fairy tale land. It's not going to happen. I think it took me a while to finally find like my answer to what is pregnancy. Although I got adopted when I was 14, I didn't get the answer until I was like 18, 19, 20. And it's just like the feeling of feeling secure. It doesn't have to be with a family. It could be some like a friend or it could be an object if you want. Um, so for me, it's knowing that I will always have at least one person on my side. So that's what pregnancy is to me. And I guess it took all my life to find that. Yeah, and that's really powerful. You talk about like that one person and I'm sure we can all relate to that in some way, you know? For me, like personally, like, I can totally go back to that moment and just like connect with you and feeling like when I was like young, like 
what does permanency mean? Like I had never even heard that word. And honestly, it was something unattainable. I always remember like looking at everyone else with the family around me all happy and wondering if that was ever something in the cards for me. And yeah, my life does not look like a perfect, happy family now, but it's something where I have one person in my life who I can count on. And that's what really matters at the end of the day is that you're grounded and you really have like that one thing that is like keeping you here. You know what I mean? It keeps you grounded and yeah, it gives you a sense of belonging for sure. So thank you for sharing that. Okay. Did you get to take part in any conversations about your future? Like what back when you were younger and like, did your social worker ever ask you about your feelings about permanency or adoption? You know what? No one actually asked me if it's what I wanted. I think it was just kind of like something that was out there and like everyone knew I wanted to be adopted, but like it wasn't really a, hey princess, do you want to be adopted? Yada, yada, yada. I remember when I found out I was going to be adopted, but there wasn't an actual conversation. I remember when I was, it was thir- I was 13 and we were on the way to the cottage and I was sleeping and I was having a nightmare that we got in a car crash and my siblings ended up going to um, our aunt's house and I had to go back into the system. So I woke up bawling and I was telling my parents about this nightmare. And that's when they pulled over to the road and they talked to me about how they want to adopt me. Uh, and then the process started and it took about a year, I think, sort of a trial of my biological mom and whatnot. So it wasn't immediate, but everyone kind of knew that's what I wanted. But no one really asked, which I'm like, I'm not heard about or anything. It's just, you know, it was already up in the air. And also, like, I don't know if you can, like, relate to me on this part, but, like, I don't think I've ever heard, like, a social worker, like, use the words permanency, like, to me ever. No. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I even heard it no. until I started, like, working with AOS and doing, like, the panels and everything. Like, I didn't even know that that was a word. And then I ended up realizing it had so much value to me. Yeah, I think the first time I ever was even asked about permanency or, like, anything related to it was with ACC, but... No, no, none of my social workers. I went through a lot. None of them asked about it. So back when I was like finishing my last year of high school was pretty much like the summer before that was pretty much when everything like fell apart for me. Like, I mean, my life had already been like, I've been like suffering my whole life in an abusive home and like just going back and forth to like different relatives houses, friends houses, like pretty much my whole life. And I had never really found like a sense of permanency never even heard the word and I wasn't specifically mixed up with children's aid society they had been called a few times but I had never really wanted to like go to a foster home so I would just go to a different relative's house and keep being mixed around and then my final year in high school I had actually saved up enough money in my job to move out and just I bought this room for rent all on my own I was living there it wasn't exactly the best situation but I was pretty naive at the time and I was just proud of myself to be able to do that. And I remember my school had called Children's Aid Society and then they had gotten involved. And that's when I actually signed a voluntary youth service agreement. And that's when I started getting involved with Children's Aid Society. And they had, you know, kept supporting me to live on my own. I had been paired with an actual really good social worker. And that actually pretty much saved my life because at that point I really thought I was like worth nothing and I didn't think that I was going to even graduate high school like the only thing pushing me to keep going was just to like my dream of like having a better life and I really was passionate about 
doing schoolwork and that was the one thing that kept me going and then making that connection with that social worker really helped me and I do remember going back to the conversation on permanency I remember like halfway through my high school year when I was with CES for about a few months they had asked me about the opportunity to like go into be adopted and I was like very old like I was like 17 so I didn't even think that was a possibility for me and I did go and check it out but at the end of the day I decided not to go with that option because for me like I had already been so old at that moment in my life and I had already been through so much like I was just so scared to like go through it all again and I was really I didn't think that that was like an opportunity for me because I was just so used to being alone and I guess I developed some trust issues from that but at the end of the day I think my sense of permanency just comes from like being on my own but also I have a lot of made family with my friends my social worker my boyfriend and I'm just feel like really lucky to be able to have made that little like group for me that I can call family and know I can count on and princess do you wish you could have told your younger self anything before your adoption placement I wish I could have told myself to be I don't want to say more open but more willing to accept that there are people out there that want to love me and I should let them in um but I keep that wall up really strong and like even now I always like I've always had a wall up and I just wish I could have told my younger self to be a little more open and willing to accept help yeah like especially just being a youth in care like I think just being failed by the system so many times like you eventually just like don't know if the help is good or bad or what's in the cards for you so you're always like putting this wall up and I can totally relate to that yeah how do you deal with like your feelings of loss and anger like what services do you think could be developed to help better support you in that and what services have helped you I'm I'm still learning how to deal with it if I'm being completely honest um I'm really bad at bottling up my feelings when I when I hit the top I just explode and that happened the other day actually to my family so that's why it's kind of tense here um so like a few things I try to do is like you know walk it off or listen to music classical music really helps me I mean I grew up uh singing opera oh wow really yeah I'm freshly trained in classical music um she has all the talent (laughs) (laughs) that really helps me um and doing something like creative just helps me connect to my roots I feel because that's that's who I am I'm a creative person and like the blog is helping me right now um it just it's like an outlet for me so I'm slowly learning to like not let things bottle up but it's it's hard um and like when I when I explode I I get pretty nasty like I I nothing that I say is incorrect though I'm just saying that it just there are better ways to go about it and I'm still learning that but yeah pretty much just finding an outlet uh, for me, it's something creative. For other people, sometimes going to therapy helps them to find out, like to talk to someone about it. That's never really been me. I've done therapy for many years, and it's just not really for me. Um, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, but I'm like an independent person, so anything I do to let off steam has to be kind of like with, by myself and to help myself. 
not really with other people. Sounds kind of loner-ish, but it, it, it's 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 a good. It's good because you're able to know when you're getting to that point, and even if you do release the steam and it doesn't come out in the best way, you're able to get yourself back to this grounded feeling through art and through creativity, and that's really important that you have that outlet to go to. I can relate to you on that. I love writing poetry and like poems, and sometimes they get kind of dark, but you know what? Like, it's how I express everything, and we all know at the end of the day we're all human and like no one's gonna have like a perfect reaction to every emotional scenario like we've clearly been through some stuff and just any way you can release that i say go for it you know actually yeah so i started off with doing play therapy and i now that i realize i say that uh, therapy didn't work for me but play therapy and art therapy were two things that helped a lot um i'd say art therapy a lot more because I was able to like draw or paint or mold things or I even learned how to sew which was helpful for like later on when I'm now sewing my pants when I have a hole so um <laughs> like those two things play therapy and art therapy should be things that are accessible to more youth I, I like I know my mom she works with a lot of people in care already but there are only so many people um in her field that are experts i would guess like i wish my mom could go and help all the children but she can't so i wish there were more people who were trained highly trained um, i guess in those fields to help because once i was able to you know get more comfortable in art therapy and play therapy and like make my own things in therapy to express how i'm feeling i was able to take that to like my own bedroom and do that myself whenever I was just about to lose it or draw something or even just scribble with a bunch of different colors to show like each color has showed my emotions um and like I thought that was pretty helpful so I think that helped me become more aware as a youth yeah I totally agree with you on that and like going into specifically maybe more like the system of how they could help like I feel like going off of what Princess said, like, we could have maybe, like, social workers be, and not just social workers, but anyone, like, involved in the system who's, like, uh, at, like, a higher level of power could help youth and care, like, more diversify the types of therapy, like Princess was saying. So there isn't just a person in a, and another person talking, like, there could be art therapy, there could be, you know, music therapy there's like tons of types of play therapy like you said like there's grievance therapy like people who lost someone like I know there's specific types of therapy like that like and another thing like not just diversifying the types but diversity as well like I might not pair with like a male therapist but maybe I'll pair better with a female therapist you know like it's all who you're gonna trust behind the screen and you need someone who you can talk to who is gonna be able to you feel like understand you because that's the only way you can get a youth and care to open up is if they feel like they're heard they're understood and that they have trust there and trust isn't always easy for youth and care I know that from experience yeah and another thing like you were saying like you know colors and putting being able to like match your feelings like drawing is really cool in that way and I know at ACC like we have a lot of programs for it's corona caring time and like we'll do art programs and like that's just a way for like a bunch of youth to get together and 
connect and talk and eat food together and like sometimes that's good like not everyone likes eating meals but like when you're eating it with a bunch of people you know like it's just a different feeling and like yeah it really is you know and I've had my struggles so and it's just really good and like us just making crafts together you know I'm not the best artist (laughs) it's fun you know like I'll draw a stick person with you and like watch hype up your art you know it's fun and like I like that like crafts like that and like I'm even in like another group for Children's Aid Society we have like this group where we meet every Wednesday like around like three or four and we just started doing like a bunch of activities so like we'll do like baking or like life skills like cooking which we all need to learn Mm -hmm. (laughs) eventually and like you know we'll do skills like crafts like last night we did like watercolor markers and stuff and mine did not turn out great but like it was just a way for me to release stuff and talk to people about all the stuff we're going through that we can understand and that's a way of therapy in its own right you know just connecting with people especially people who have who have been through stuff similar to you and who can relate to you on that similar level is a bond like that you just make just from even behind a screen like now that we're in the middle of a pandemic you know you can still continue those programs so I feel like if we keep seeing these amazing programs of advocacy and of connecting that's a way we can implement permanency just through the system and it's really not that expensive you know we could, we could even bring our own crayons you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a way for us to all connect no I agree I definitely throughout this um, pandemic I've gotten more involved with the uh, like even before I became the youth lead mentor, I've gotten more involved with its Corona caring time just to have like that, you know, like the monthly meeting with people who are like-minded and in this kind of same boat as you and people you don't have to explain yourself to. And it's just been nice to have like that hour, hour and a half block out of the month to, you know, see the same people or even just hear them or not hear them text them but like yeah it's it's been nice yeah it's a really nice way like and I like what you said like you could just like not explain yourself you know like I could just have a bad day and have my bad day you know and just be quiet and no one's gonna like press me to answer any questions yeah 21 questions yeah so as I was saying before um joining the like ACC with the you speak out loud um don't recall how I actually got involved with You Speak Out Loud. I just, I think it started with a panel um, once in June and then slowly they wrote me in and I was doing You Speak Out Loud every now and then. Um, but then I, like I, it started as something I was like kind of just doing just to do and I was like, you know, money, food, why not? But then I ended up liking it and enjoying it and liking how I felt after the event. And I guess how the people made me feel too. Like, I know I'm 25 and it sounds like I figured it all out with, well, to me, it sounds like I figured it all out with permanency and what it is and that my journey ended when I got adopted, but it hasn't. Even now, like, I love my family, of course, um, but even now when things are really rocky, I know I still have, like, my best friend Matt. Um, I guess I'm still trying to figure out I guess I'm still on my journey, permanency. Um, But I do know I have like a safety net and that one person. And I know I have, you speak out loud, 
when I want to be in a group of people who understand me without saying, without me having to say a bunch of things. Yeah, I'm still on my journey, but I'm enjoying the journey. Yeah, and I love that. You know, I think what I can get from that is the road to permanency is not a straight path. You know, there's curves and bumps and yeah. you go all over the place and sometimes you fail, but you got it's all about resilience and getting back up and not being afraid to advocate for yourself and want better for yourself and asking for help, which is really just key. And I mean, thinking back to like how I found these supports for permanency and how I built my permanency, uh, I don't really know like one specific place where I started. I do know that I started making friends and I met my boyfriend and I met a bunch of people who I could trust. And eventually they started noticing that things weren't right in my life. And I started to realize that the things going on at home were not okay. And I wasn't, and then I became more empowered to want to speak up for myself because I felt like I had people that would support me through a journey, which I didn't know what it would look like, you know, through leaving home and not knowing what it would look like to not be in a house and come home to people who are drinking all the time and you know, taking their anger out on you. So I didn't know what that would look like. And it's all about really just having the courage to get out of that and having the courage to try and open up to people. And it can be really hard. Um, Another thing is like going into Children's Aid Society, I didn't know that they had like cast groups or anything, but I started to actually read my email, which is an important tool you could use. And reading my email, I found that we had this Tilden's Egg cast program in the summer, and it was during the time of the coronavirus, and I was pretty bored at home, and I honestly just decided to join one of these Zoom calls and see what it was about, and I got my foot in the door, and I honestly loved it, and I realized there was this whole side of me that wanted to connect to other youth but didn't know how, and it's all about asking about these resources that you might not even know are available, and I mean, it's hard because I feel like maybe people in the system could be doing better to tell us about these programs but at the same time uh it wouldn't hurt to ask if something's available you know never be afraid to ask for something you need and it's really important and I mean I still struggle with it I don't like asking I always feel like I, I always feel like afraid to ask people for stuff and I feel like I'm burdening them but that's one thing like in your journey to permanency that you need to remember like you're not a burden you have immense worth in this world and you know not everyone is going to be like the people before so try and like focus on like the present and the future and not be too stuck in the past it's important to remember the past but it's also important to try and keep going from the past and be stronger because of what happened to you um and another thing is the acc program actually through CAS, I got involved with ACC and I did this like panel training night and I didn't know what it would be about and then it ended up being like really cool and I didn't know that there was a side of me that actually had a voice and would be able to advocate and that felt really empowering and that's something that I think helped me get to my journey of permanency and something that helped me find a permanent space to be able to speak about what I went through and put it in a positive manner and see like I've grown a lot and I'm proud of who I am and I'm gonna be okay you know so I think that's another really cool thing 
Um, another thing youth can do is volunteer, you know, look for organizations in Ottawa you can volunteer in, you can make friends that way, you know, get a job. There's a whole bunch of things that we can all be like doing and just putting yourself out there is a really big thing to like finding those people that are going to be the permanency for you. Because adoption is not the only form of permanency, it could be anything. Thank you for listening to our podcast series, The Road to Permanency, and tuning in to part one, our first official episode in this series on permanency. And be sure to tune in next week where I meet with Ashley and discuss part two on education.